On today's episode, I talk with Pineview assistant football coach and head track coach Warren Butler. Coach Butler has been at Temple, Dixon, and Plainview, just to name a few of the places he's coached at. But where I got to know him the most was when I was in high school at Fox, where he was one of my coaches. Here's my conversation with Coach Warren Butler. Coach, thanks for taking time out of your uh, busy schedule to talk with me a little bit. Yes, sir. Good to be here. Yep. Now, I so said, me and you go way back. I mean, you yeah. were, I think, I don't know if you were out of school yet whenever you came to Fox with your dad. And I remember you being my line, you and Coach Headley being my linebackers coach. Yeah. Uh, I believe you was a freshman, wasn't you? Ah, man, I can't remember. It's been so long ago. Yeah, I believe you was a freshman. <laughs> and uh, it has been a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was out of school. Uh, had been already working, I'd already been working with dad. I'd snapped my leg, uh, at Southwestern, uh, and walk through for all things. But <laughs> anyway, I, I snapped my leg and, and that took me two years to rehab. So I went and coached with him as a lay coach at TA for, for two years at Wetumpka. And then, uh, we left he left Wetumpka, uh, when I went back to play at Southeastern and, uh, what it would have been 2000 or 2090 and then took the job there at Fox and uh, I had already moved back to Ringland back home so mm-hmm. they come back and built a home here and and uh, he drove back forth to Fox for 24 years yeah he sure did boy I, not very many people don't know who coach Butler is you know well he's he's <laughs> one of the kind he sure is now how are things going there at Plainview Oh man, they're great! I tell you what, I took Ted Boyce track job and and uh, had really, really good girls at Dixon and, and and good boys at Dixon track side for the last five years, and uh, turned that program over and, and went from seven kids to forty something kids. Man, it's just just a great experience. Mm-hmm. New track, new facilities. You know, they had really worked with us and 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 the girls track program really unbelievable you know those kids had had had, had some really 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 good girls mm-hmm. and uh you know moved up to 4a if we'd been in 3a we'd won title three years in a row moved up to 4a and still fought with those big schools you know and, mm-hmm. and when you're having to go against a maddie server all the time you know that's that's pretty tough and against the play few indians and the girls but mm-hmm. with coach jerry Naylor, that, that that's tough so you know, to be able to have done well enough that they call you and say, hey, man, we'd love for you to come take our, our track program uh, on the boys' side was huge. And, and, of course, being a football guy, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Coach Price had been talking to me anyway. So it was a great fit, and it, and it, and it brought me, you know, another 25 miles closer to home. So that was it was all good. It was good for the family and a great fit for me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that – that drive, man, you and your dad, I mean, I always was pretty impressed with that. You know, we, when I first took the job here, we still lived in, um, in Tatum's over by Fox. <clears throat> and, you know, I got tired of We ended up moving on, on campus because I couldn't make that drive every day. I mean, I, I could, but, I mean, it was – whenever something came open here, I was like, man, that's, it sure will be nice just to wake up and walk to school instead of driving 40, 45 minutes. <laughs> but, you know, I, I drove <clears> – <throat> When we were, when I was at uh, Elmore City, we, uh, I, I, me and Josh went ahead and moved up, and then 
Then uh, when I left Elmore and went to Maud, we uh, we moved we moved to Ada, mm-hmm. and he went to school at Ada a couple of years, and, and and I finished up some some stuff in my second degree to kind of shoot some things over and mm-hmm. and uh, coached at Maud, so drove back and forth to Maud from you know from Ada for 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 a year or two, and then moved on up, and then we were in the same community for. I guess five years left Maud and went to Salina and, and, and moved up there. And then I told my family I'd bring them home. And, and, yeah. and we've been home since two. And, you know, I, I've been back in Ringland since two, uh, 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've driven to Bradle and I've driven to uh, Temple and driven to Wilson and driven to, uh, of course, Anais. It's just a few miles. So, yeah. you know, um, it was nice being close when we was at Wilson and Zanis, but you know, everything else has been 45 minutes or so. So yeah, well, that takes that takes dedication. <laughs> well, yeah, it, well, and, and it, it dedication and commitment. Yeah, you know, um, when I my second year at, at, at Bradle, we were offered a job. Um, some people called me from out from out east I was just a little bit really really good football school mm-hmm. and and asked me would we come and that was the second time them people had called and said hey we'd really really like for you to come visit with us and and uh you know when I take a job and, and I and, and I learned from great people like dad Fred Willis Tim Reynolds mm-hmm. um Rick Clark you know some 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 great great coaches and uh, Jim Dixon you know um, and that was, uh, son, once you make a commitment, you keep that commitment. Mm-hmm. The most important thing in the brotherhood of coaching, and I call it the brotherhood because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's just like you and I, even though you played for me at the same time, you know, in the coaching profession, we're brothers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if you've ever needed me or I've ever needed you, we've always been able to pick up the phone and, and it's always been that way. That's the unique thing about Oklahoma coaches. Mm-hmm. and uh, the whole nearly the whole state's that way and yeah. uh, you just pick up the phone and say hey you know and, and and when you make a commitment you make a commitment and loyalty's the most important thing out there so mm-hmm. you know when I go in and take a job you know I tell them as a head coach hey you know you got me for four years if I don't flip it in four years I'm not your guy we will get somebody else in here but we will get the program started in the right direction mm-hmm. so that's not as hard if somebody comes in and does things right oh yeah yeah and before we get too deep into things I want to talk about how influential your dad was and not only you becoming a coach but like all the people in that he's affected I mean like, like I was telling you I, I can't remember if I said it before we got on, but I mean, there's not too many people that don't know who your dad is, you know. Well, um, I didn't want to be a coach. No. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I started out in pre med. Um, that's what I want to do playing college football in pre med, just didn't mix real well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the first time I, you know, you, you, you could do it, you could do a lot of things. Um, and I've done a lot of things in my life, a lot of different things, but uh, you know. When you when you when you're when you're messing in the medical field, and, and you're looking at the medical field, and 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 you go in and you start uh, uh, messing with with older folks, even, you know even late teens, you can kind of handle that. People's live a little bit of life. They get, but when you have to mess with a baby, that's a different deal. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and so it don't take long to find out where you cut the mustard or not, you know. So yeah. we uh I started out I wanted to do anything but coach because I had watched what my dad and and his friends had gone through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can remember sitting at the house being a being a, a, a sophomore in high school in nineteen eighty four, just played for a state title against Clinton Red Tornadoes. Mm-hmm. And uh the next week, the phone rings and Trick Gandy, the Ring of Blue Devils, one mm-hmm. of the winners' coaches in state of Oklahoma, and he's called. He's called Freddie and called Daddy and 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 offered them both the head job at Ringland for him to come. You know, come and he was going to step back because, you know, he was he was only I, I think he was ten and zero, won the district and got beaten in the quarterfinals, semifinals, whatever by cash. Mm-hmm. Had Richard Dillon and that crew and and and. Boy, they're just everybody's beating them up and everything else. Dad walks in and says, "Hey, you want to go home?" Well, yeah, I'd love to go home, but Dad, we just played for a state title, <laughs> and we got all but four back, and you want me to leave? <laughs> you know, yeah. which you know, there's times I wish I'd have made a different choice because I, I mean, this is home. I love this place. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's hard to bleed, bleed red and blue at the same time, but not really because this is embedded in me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it runs deep in our blood. Um, so, but, you know, things like that, I can remember um, uh, there was an assistant's job, one of dad's first jobs. And, and I mean, I really liked the head coach. And it was, I was up there all the time, just like a coach's kid, just like your boys, you know, and, mm-hmm. and loved them. Then you find out, you find out when you're seven or eight years old that, you know, that guy had run you off because you're afraid he's going to take his job. Mm hmm. It, it just breaks a little kid's heart, yeah. you know. And then the next thing you know, you know, you you you've just played first state title, and and uh, you know the winningest program that's ever come through that school. And then you find out that there's there's four or five town people and four or five four or five board members that are, are, are mad at you for some reason, and all of a sudden they're trying to run you off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can remember being a senior and just graduating, find out that. They announced on the radio that my dad had been fired. Yeah. It's pretty funny because two years later, they called and offered him his own price to come back and take back over, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, so there, there's a lot of things in this business that I was exposed to as a coach's kid. I wasn't happy with mm-hmm. And I didn't want that for my family. And the things that I had as a coach's kid that I had to go through, man, you got to be cleaner and better than everybody else. You, you, you don't play. Yeah. Yep. You know, uh, in my early years when I still coached a little bit of basketball, my son son played for me when he was little. Hey, Josh had to be cleaner and better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. If he was equal, he was he was the first guy off the bench. Mm-hmm. And and there's so much heat there that you, you know. So the last thing I wanted to do was coach, mm-hmm. but you know, there's 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 certain things a person's good at. Mm-hmm. Yep. And. Uh, you know, I love kids, and kids was a deal. And I watched my dad and all those other guys all those years. And you know, everybody, it, it, you know, I can remember dad making seventy four hundred dollars a year. Yeah. It wasn't for the money. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the love that he had for the kids, mm-hmm. and absolutely, that is what. That is what pushed me from whether it was a youth pastor or whether it was working in the. In, working on the field mm-hmm. 
working in the classroom. It's the love for the kids that drives you. And that's what he had and, and, oh, yeah. and, and still has. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, and it just kind of flows. Look at you. Yeah. You know, you're a prime example. Ray Headley. Coach Headley's a prime example. Gary Jones, prime example. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's just extended, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Learning those things that were taught, you know, and the multitudes of hundreds of others um, and the relationships that you build in it, you know, and you and you look up. And, you know, I can remember the days of, of you and Chad Dickerson and, you know, uh, Timmy and, 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 and Michael. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, we had some good times. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I think sometimes y'all thought I might have lost my mind a little bit. But, uh, you know, that's, yeah. that's just how I coach. That's how things oh, are. Yeah. So, but that, that was all, you know, everything that we've done has been handed down and taught in, in what parts fits in our nature. And, you know, every, I, I think right now I've got, I've, I've either got four or five head coaches in the state that come up under me. Mm-hmm. And that's all an extension of those guys and my dad. Yeah. And just like the ones that come up under you will be an extension the same exact way. Yeah. And uh, so the impact that 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 he's he's made on, on young people and, and on coaches is pretty high. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. On the, sport of, on the sport of powerlifting. Oh. On the sport of track. Yeah. You know he's had his finger in all of it so yeah it, it he's had had a little bit of an impact oh yeah I, yeah more way more than a little bit i you were telling those stories and i got to thinking about just you know whenever i was coming up and he him and his wife your mom uh kind of they didn't force me but they really encouraged me to be uh like the fca president yes. you know i mean it was just like you know he it wasn't it wasn't a thing where he was like, you know, you have to do this. He just was like, you're going to do this. Right. And it was like, you know, it was just, you know, that impact. He was so in the FCA. So like you said, just loved kids. You know, you could just tell it. You could could just, it didn't matter what the kid did. He loved them just like he was the, the, the straight lace. And that's the secret of longevity in this business. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I also remember you talking about him making $7,400. I always remember that story. He would tell us about having to work on a rig during the summer, you know, <laughs> just, just hey, to make in summer. We'd come in. We got to come home because, I mean, we went we went for Poto. His, his, his first job was at Warwick. Mm-hmm. He graduated in December, so his first job was at Warwick. They hired him for the spring. And I think he made a whooping through thirty two hundred or something like that. Yeah. But that's you know, hey, he paid the bills. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was just a little bitty dude. And and then he, he there was two jobs in the state of Oklahoma as Valiant and Poto. Mm-hmm. And uh there was eight guys looking for a job. And him and a guy by the name of Ralph Gibbs from Marietta got the jobs at Poto. And we spent two years at Poto. So you were four and a half hours away from Raymond. Yeah. Then we went from Poto to there's there's a guy from Wilson named Lonnie Character. Great family friends, good football coach. Had just taken the head job at Rawls, Texas. I don't know if you know where Rawls is. 
Mm-mm. But that's five and a half hours to the west. No, I love it. Um, yeah. No, oh, I hated that drive when I was a kid. <laughs> what am I but, imagine? Yeah. You know, and then from there we go to Roy City. Hey, we were close to home. We're only three hours from the house down <laughs> east of uh, Dallas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was, but there was always, there was always home. Mud Creek, Ringland, Oklahoma was always where the Butlers are from. We've been here since the 1800s. Mm-hmm. This is us. You know, um, but we were always way, way away from home. And uh, so we got to come home at yeah. Christmas for a week. And we got to come home at Thanksgiving for three days if we weren't in playoffs. And generally we were. Yeah. Um, and, and then we got to come home for two weeks in the summer. That was our family vacation. And I would go out to Temple to my, my great uncle's house and uh, go to Cash Creek and fish for three days and just go rough it on the, on the creek and catch as many catfish as we could three days and then come back to a family reunion at Lake, at Lake Texoma and then we was back all summer wherever we were. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time I got to see my grandparents. Yeah. So when we would get here, the only time he would have off to be able to pay for it is the three days he and I went out to East Cash Creek Temple and fished. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, he's on oil rig. Yeah, that's crazy. That's... You know, well, I mean, I trace mm. again, and I was having a conversation the other day, and, and Rick, his dad, who coached here since 72 here at Ringland, even, even here as the head coach during all that time up until the mid-'80s, and he, got his, he, he started doing some principal stuff too, he was working on a rig every weekend. Man. And at nights, and that's what those guys had to do to make ends meet. But they yeah. love kids so much mm-hmm. that that was it was worth it to them. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I mean, we're blessed, Kenny. Oh yeah, we sure we are. are. That we can do what we love doing and working with these kids, and not have to go and do all the moonlighting. Mm-hmm. That we make enough now. You know, I had a principal ask me one time, and loved the guy to death. He he uh, he asked me. He said, "Aren't you ashamed?" I said, "What what am I ashamed of?" He said, "You make double what your dad makes. Your dad's been doing this for forty years." Mm-hmm. Well, well, I'll tell you what. Let's pick up the phone and call my dad and ask him if he, if he thinks I ought to be ashamed. Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. tickled to freaking death because hey, you finally are making enough to support your family a little bit mm-hmm. yeah I mean, you know <clears throat> which he fought through for all them years you yeah, know so that's what those guys those guys paved the way for us to be able to do this yes they and, did you know, and, and it's all of them oh yeah yeah every one of them made that sacrifice yep now how how do you think if it has how do you think your coaching style has changed over the years because i mean just from the um, time that i was at fox to now, I mean, the high school athlete has changed. So, do you think like your coaching style has changed any? Well, it depends on what hat you wear. Mm, uh, yeah. At Fox, of course, I man, I had just gotten through playing college football, mm-hmm. a little bit semi-pro. I was still riding bulls, so I'm still full of piss and vinegar. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, still full of piss and vinegar, but you know, it's <laughs> it's a little bit different. Um, at that time, I had just, I hadn't been off the field long enough, and I still and I still do 
coach the way I played. Mm-hmm. You know, I was that guy. You know, I, I coach with some guys now that, that were really good football players, good college football players. And everything, everything is is you got to be in control of your head. You got to be in control of your mind. You got to. I mean, mm-hmm. you ever remember me being in control of my head? Or was I flying off the wall all the time? Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With Gary Jones, he puts me in. He, he has to put me in the box. I'm calling the defense, <laughs> and he has to put me in the box because you know. Mm-hmm. I'm so crazy on the sideline, and they end up hanging the guy to talk for off the backside of the, the deal at Warwick because we're beating 46 to nothing. Yeah. And he's up there cussing, so I just can't take it no more. <laughs> so, yeah, mm-hmm. like anything's has changed a little bit. Yeah. You know, um, I can remember when I left Fox, one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my life, and I've apologized a hundred times. So you'd be surprised people I've had to call back and apologize the lessons I've learned. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the hardest one was Dad. Mm-hmm. When he coached us, he was full of piss and vinegar, mm-hmm. and just—I mean, he couldn't. I didn't like him. Yeah, we didn't talk at home. We had no relationship unless we were hunting and fishing. Everything was nothing but football, track, and lifting. Mm-hmm. And there was no separation. And. Uh, we, uh, he coached us hard. Man, I was in the weight room every morning at 5 o'clock as a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was my life. I was in the weight room every morning at 5 o'clock on the track by 7, back at school, started all over at, at, at 2.30. Mm-hmm. And uh, the things that he fed us and made us do, you know, um, wouldn't be where we were today and wouldn't have got to do the things at five foot seven. Mm-hmm. And been able to run, and as strong as I was, if it had not been for the things he done, yeah. And 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 we've kind of taken that, developed off of it. But the when I left Fox, I looked him in the eye and I said, "Dad, I love you, but I can't do this this way mm-hmm. because we were made to be in the weight room all the time. We were made to be all summer long." And we were having to go to Tatum and pick up kids. And mm-hmm. he, he, he remember what those days was like. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I didn't understand. I was too young. I just thought, man, that drive like I had had to be in a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I told him, I said, I, you don't coach the way you coached us. Mm-hmm. You know, my counterpart, Bobby Rainer, played OSU. And, and, and he liked to kill us. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Poor Bobby, we go kick him out of bed. He's just a regular kid. He's not a coach. This kid might as well be, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, so when I put on my first hat as a head coach at Maud, I had to sit back and regroup. And it didn't take but about two weeks. I, put, I picked up the phone and called him. And, uh, uh, the Foxes was having a pretty good playoff run. and I picked up the phone. I called him a dad. I said, I love you, but I got to apologize. And he said, well, what's up? I said, boy, I, I, I miscalled this one. Mm-hmm. I, you know, because when you change that hat and you put the other hat on, you see through a different set of glasses. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they're no longer dark because you didn't realize how much those head coaches were protecting you from everything else going on mm-hmm. 
and um, all the things that they're listening to and all the things that they're getting badgered with all the time, whether it be parents, administration, school board members, you know, uh, mm-hmm. just somebody from the community, they, 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 other coaches, you know, mm-hmm. you don't see those things because their job is to protect you no matter what. Mm-hmm. Because when you're an assistant, you're no, you're, you're not just, you're their kid too. Yeah. Because it's their job to make sure that you're there <laughs> to do your job and that you can do the things you have to do yours. And I was a little off the wall, still am. <laughs> but, you know, just, you know, I never, I, you know, I, I've never cussed a kid. I've never done those things. I'm not saying I had to use some foul language, but I've never cussed a kid. Mm-hmm. I've never ripped a kid. And I've always, you think about the times I got into you and I come back and pat you on the butt when you was done. Mm-hmm. Hug your neck and tell you how much I loved you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I was taught. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's how it's got to be. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I tell my kids all the time, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm not here to be your friend. Mm-hmm. I'm here, and I'm not your mom, I'm not your daddy, I'm not your grandma, grandpa, uncle, aunt, uncle, whoever you live with. I'm here to mentor you. Mm-hmm. And in the long run, are you going to be a productive citizen and be able to live in this country? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. that's the goal. Yeah. Love to win football games, but that's the goal. And when I put on that white hat, I, I, I had to deal with those things. Yeah that he was dealing with and I didn't understand them. Mm. I could no longer just fly off the wall for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you talk about, and you've been a head basketball coach, you know what that's like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can no longer do the things you do as an assistant mm-hmm. because you've already seen on the other side and you think, Oh man, you know, yeah. And I'm working for a great guy right now. Joe Price is a great guy. He's a really good football coach. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the same way I have to look and I can see when those things are going on because I can tell the difference in his demeanor. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's when you walk up and say, hey, brother, everything okay? Can I take up any slack? What can I do to help you? Mm-hmm. You know, um, but that's the difference in the maturity of then in the maturity now nearly 30 years later. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's a big difference. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can see things that the longer you go into it, I know like when I, when I first started coaching, it was kind of like I had some experience being, you know, I I was at a Christian school before I got to back to Fox. Right. It's kind of like I was just kind of thrown into being a head coach and I didn't, I ain't gonna lie. I mean, that, my head coaching um, experience was I I was learning on the fly, you know, because I, I mean I had you know people look back to you know like your dad and Coach McCreary and things like that as being a head coach, but I didn't see those things like you were talking about. It's one of those things you have to experience, you know, <laughs> seeing those things. And then you know if you you either be hard headed and not learn from it or learn from it and you know kind of move on with it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, you've been at small schools and at big schools. What would you say, what are some advantages of coaching at both? Like, I mean, are there things that you can do that are available to you at bigger schools and at smaller schools and kind of vice versa? Well, yeah, you 
know, some of the bigger schools, you've already got some of those things in place. I've always been a full program guy. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at a place like Davis, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and, and, and I like to track, I like to track after people has been successful. Mm-hmm. You know, you got your Ringland, Oklahoma's that's been successful at football. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about spot. I'm talking about on a yearly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tradition, man. This is what we are. But you got your Davis and your Sulphurs that are good at everything. Football, baseball, track, basketball, mm-hmm. softball. You know, uh, if they had volleyball and stuff, they'd be good at that too. Yeah. You know, um, and, and the reason why, you know, because for me, that's real success. When success is flowing through, and uh, I had a job interview one time, and, and superintendent had been principal at Davis for years. He said, Coach Mother said, I just got a question for you. He said, what can you bring to us? And I'm sitting there going, uh, <laughs> yeah. I've been asked a lot of questions, but I'd like to know where this one's coming from. Yeah. You know, and he said, well, here's where I'm coming from, because money's handed out from the government in the fall, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the end of the fall, then, then it comes in the midterm adjustment after Christmas, you know. And you're sitting here, and he says, okay, so if I'm, if I'm at Davis, Oklahoma, and our name is in the newspaper all the time, and said those senators and those representatives see that. So that automatically puts you up there because your name's always there. Yeah. And said, so I'm just curious what you what you could do for us. And, and it was a it was an A class school and, and uh, you know hadn't been very successful and 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 uh, had in the past, but it you know it'd been a little while. I said, well, I said all I can do is promise you that I'll come in here and build the best program that a single guy can come in here and build. Mm-hmm. You know, it's real simple. We're going to put things in place to try to change the program. Through changing the program, hopefully we can change the nature, you know. Yeah. And uh, so at the smaller school, you've got things that you kind of have to base everything on to look um, at what you can work with as to what you have. Mm -hmm. And what we've always done at the small school, at any school, well, I was going to start with strength program. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched the guys above me do that that were successful. You know, mm-hmm. uh, anybody chase talent, Kenny. Yeah. And all schools have talent where they're smaller. I mean, the Fox Foxes has as much talent compared to theirs anywhere in the country. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, so mm-hmm. you know, the same way at Mod Oklahoma, the Mod Tigers. I mean, you, you don't go to 11. You, you don't go to 11 semifinals uh, in 20-something years and, and not be pretty talented in some place. Yeah. So <clears throat> the difference in a small school and a large school is really the amenities that you have to offer to try to draw uh, and work with kids to get them to the best of their ability. Um uh, so at the small school, it's always been you have to work triple time to work the large school that there's a little bit more financial support to where you don't have to work as double time with more kids to choose from. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And really, you know, 
in the athletic side, that's the big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I say this all the time. I, I got an argument with, with David Jackson years ago uh, over, uh, and, and I think the world, David, but we, we got an argument over uh, why we have to have two divisions of 6A football. <laughs> when there was only 32 of them to start with. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the smallest one, the smallest one had a thousand kids. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm at Temple America and it's 49. Mm-hmm. So if I've got 49 in my ADM 9 to 12 and they've got a thousand, they've got a thousand from 9 to 12. Can I find. 16 kids at that eight-man school out of 49 mm-hmm. to go play. Well, can they find 22 out of 1,000 and you want me to feel sorry for them? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there's... When you get up that big, there's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. But between a 3A, a 4A school, I mean, you, you, you're still looking at, you know, Three to four hundred. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can't find twenty-two kids to play out of three to four hundred, you know, uh, <clears throat> you need to come down and get you a suck of some forty-nine, some sixty-eight, some seventy-four, hundred two, and hundred twelve. Yeah, it's the difference. It's tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you got what you got, so you better figure out how to develop. So that's the that's the biggest thing. Every program that I have taken over. Uh, including Maud after Kent left, Kent Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, when, 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 when Coach Jackson went to Anadarko, we had an ADM of 167. Uh, at Maud. We had two small <clears throat> classes back-to-back. When I left, the ADM was going from 113 to 77. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's tough. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, I, I've always said that, you know, some, some, some gurus need to come down. I'll piss some people off here for you. That's mine. Some, <laughs> some gurus need to come down and coach some of these A, B, and C, and 2A schools. And see what it's like not to have those three, four, and five star athletes out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just to be able to do whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yep. and, and those guys are great coaches. Uh, you know, that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, okay, come get you a suck of this and take this 156 pounder and go make them a right guard. <laughs> yep. I know exactly what Instead you're talking about. Instead of the 6'4, 220 pounder you're crying about not being 300. You know, so there's a little bit of difference. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the greatest coaches in this nation come out of Oklahoma, Texas. And when you start looking at the guys from Oklahoma that are south of the border and successful, it don't take long to start weighing that thing out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I know it's a little bit off track, but the 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 difference between the large school and the small school is 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 the equity mm-hmm. that is involved between kids and finance. 
an hour jet work. Every school I went into, the first thing I've had to establish is a powerlifting meet. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the country thinks, like, oh, he's a powerlifting guy. He's not really a real football coach. He's just a powerlifting guy. Mm-hmm. Everything that we did toward the powerlifting was to develop the football. Yeah. So what's the two mm-hmm. things you have to have to, to in a kid to be successful in high school athletics? Mm-hmm. Strength and speed. Mm-hmm. So those are the two things that, that that you always have to start with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Strength and speed. And, and, you know, if you have the speed and strength at a small school, you got a chance to be successful. Oh, yeah. No different the big school that's got it naturally. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Now, one final question before I let you go. I appreciate you taking time. I know you're breaking down film right now, but got one final question for you. <clears throat> yes. When Warren Butler is retired from coaching, what do you want the kids you've coached to remember about you? What I want to remember about me. Yep. That I loved them. That works. And that I, hopefully, in all the the, the things and antics that I even pull, <laughs> yeah. that it, they know how to be a good human being and take care of their family, take care of their children, work hard, and become a successful citizen of this country. That's what I want for every kid. I don't, you know, you push, you know, even with you guys, I always push, man, Kenny Spider, you can go play college football. You can go play college football. I'm five foot seven. I play college football. I know you can at your size, speed, and strength. You can play college football. I've told that Nick Stowers here at Ringland, five foot six, five foot seven, 160 pounds, run like a deer. Mm-hmm. Tell him the same thing. The The reason why is not that I cared about whether y'all play college football or not, but I know that down deep inside of there that y'all were a lot, y'all a lot like I was too. Had to be for football, college wouldn't have meant nothing to me. Mm-hmm. And if there's something to keep you interested, maybe you'll finish that degree whether you're working it or not. You always got it to fall back on. And so my, my, from from the very beginning, when I first started working with kids, even before I was certified, you know, it was, the goal was is to push the kid to become a good human being. And uh, sometimes it may not seem that way, but that, that's that's the goal. And when a kid, you know, I've, I've got a kid that played for me at, at, at Salina and I always use powder. I'm not calling him by his name. I'm just going to call him powder. That's what we called him. <laughs> and a kid, man, Kenny, is, this kid's five foot four. Mm-hmm. Never played till he was a senior. Lifted with me a lot, but he never played. He finally came out and played. And, and it was a tough situation because his, his, uh, his sister was, was, was Josh's, my son's best friend. His, his mom was my nurse and uh, when I went to the doctor so I had to see these people all the time mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> he decides he's going to play football senior. the kid has no athletic ability he can't run he can't catch he, he can't, you know 
He's mm-hmm. a little bitty dude, but he works hard. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I get powdered in one one ball game, and uh, we're up. I think we was playing Shoto, and we're up throwing the ball, and he catches like on the five. And, and, and I think he's going to score. And the dudes are coming to get him. And he just falls down, throws both hands behind him, and breaks both wrists. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay, bad, bad situation. But, but here's the deal. This kid still stays in contact with me, and I hear from him on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. That would have been 2006. I still hear from this kid all the time and spent some time in the military with, with, with old tech, got certified in, in some kind of auto repair stuff. You know, the kid's got a career, but he, he, he chooses to swamp for a plumber mm-hmm. because he can be home with his wife, home with his kids, doesn't make a whole lot of money, but lives pretty good. And, he is a great dad. Mm-hmm. Kind of like somebody else I know. I know that guy. He's on the other end of this phone. <laughs> he's a great dad. He's he's a great man. You know, and those are the things that make me successful. People, I mean, I have coaches all over the state, you know. Oh, yeah, when it comes to pilot, but what about football? They don't see the end pitcher. The end pitcher for Coach Butler is that when you guys become the men that you become and football teaches that Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to quit I'm going to put some grit in my butt I'm going to step out and be the man I'm supposed to be I'm going to make mistakes we all make mistakes but can I get up to that mistake and fix it and go on and that is what we learn because when you get knocked down you gotta get your butt up mm-hmm. you know you've been stroked just like i've been stroked i've been i'm, I'm not down the field against neo and uh we're scrimmaging neo my, my freshman year in college i think i'm a stud mm-hmm. i mean I'm, I'm running down the field and, and busting bust the wedge on kickoff on opening kickoff Dude, he goes plays at Miami, six foot six, two hundred sixty pounds. He's be right in the ear hole, knocks me out. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> you know. Mm-hmm. Now I'm back in two plays later, carrying the ball on a rough one hundred eighty-seven yards, three touchdowns. It's a pretty good day. Yeah, but I was still on the sideline getting smelling sauce to bring my head back in. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. So football teaches that: don't quit, get up and go. And if, if 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 you can instill that in one kid, that when life gets tough, we don't have to run jump on this or run jump on that or go get drugs or go get on, you know, go drink so much alcohol until I'm in a frenzy mm-hmm. and just escape this world, you know. And I'm not talking about crazy. You know crazy. You've <laughs> met him before. <laughs> yeah. But I'm talking about a successful human being, Kenny. Mm-hmm. And kids like Powder, they become that. Are they millionaires? No. Are they, you know, are they doing something out in the spotlight all the time? No. But that kid's successful. He is a productive citizen taking care of his family, taking care of his business. Kenny Spiker, 
successful citizen. Take care of his family, take care of his business. You don't see my success, whether it's directly through me or somebody else, I had a little touch in that. That's what makes Coach Butler go. Thanks to Coach Butler for being on the podcast today. It was fun catching up a little with him. He and his family had a big impact on my high school athletic career. There aren't many people in Southern Oklahoma that don't know who the Butler family is. And thank you for listening to Kenny and the Coaches. Go ahead and subscribe to my podcast and tell others about it. That's Kenny and the Coaches. And that's Kenny with an E. Until next time.